This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. Sona, how's your sock drawer looking? It's messy. There's a lot of single socks. Yep. I think it's time for a little spring cleaning. Oh. <laughs> Check out Bombas. Once you try a pair, you'll never look at socks the same way again. I should know. I like my Bombas. Their spring collection has new garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. My feet have never been to a party. <laughs> They've so got sad. stripes and florals and new vintagey colored rib socks. You know, when I'm wearing Bombas, I feel like my feet are being caressed okay. and cared for in a way they never have been in my life. Hmm. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash Conan and use code Conan for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash Conan and use code Conan at checkout. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mike Birbiglia. And I feel ambitious about being Conan O'Brien's friend. As if we're not already friendly people. I'm looking to take it to the next level. Oh. oh. Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walk in blues, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Hey there. Welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Joined by my compadres, compatriots, Sona yes. of Session. There you go. Took a second. And then Matt Gorley. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. I think I'm doing fine. Yeah. You know? How yeah. are you, Sona? I'm okay. Just okay. Yeah, I'm fine. Is it my mic on? No, yeah. it's not. Your yeah. mic isn't on. Did you do that on purpose? I didn't do anything. It's okay. It's okay. Wait. Eduardo, Eduardo messed up. Eduardo, what happened there? The one time I go drink some water. <laughs> I drink some water. What do you mean water? <laughs> I was like, oh, I forgot her mic was not oh, on. Were we her recording? Mic wasn't on. That's we wow. are recording. Every, we were recording. We okay. are recording. What if, you know, this is why you lost your job as an air traffic controller. Because <laughs> he kept turning their mics off. I'm yeah. sorry, Sona. No, no. You, it was supposed oh. to be a professional... Uh, organization and Eduardo here, who I admire, who built this studio. I know you gave me a gift because I don't think he has anything to harp on you about. And now you, now he, he oh, didn't turn I my mic have, on. I do have something good to talk about. Huh? The other night, some friends of my, my wife and I were having dinner at like kind of a fancy restaurant, and it was in Beverly Hills, which we didn't. We never go into that part of town. Like I'm not a guy that goes to restaurants in Beverly Hills. You're not a BH guy. I'm not. Um, and so. We go there and we have this really nice meal with our friends. And I'm like, oh, this is great. This place is terrific. 
And then we're about to leave and this gentleman comes up to me who I think works with the restaurant. And he says, Mr. O'Brien, I'm here to walk you past the paparazzi. And I said, what? Cause like, I'm like, what are you talking about paparazzi? That's not, you know, and he's like, no, no, I'm, I'm here to make sure that you get through the paparazzi. Okay. You know, I'll, I'll walk you back to your car. And I'm like, with my wife, like, what? That's weird. Okay. We walk outside. Nobody. <laughs> I mean, not just no paparazzi, oh, no. no people. It was like they were shooting Omega Man, you know, uh... like a post-apocalyptic. And I wasn't, I was, and, and then, and then, I'm, so now that I have the added thing of like, this guy's with me and he's kind of acting like right this way. Just keep moving. I'm <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Hey, oh. it's me. I don't have. I'm not someone oh, who's so like, funny. why don't they leave me alone? <laughs> but it was so funny. And this guy never acknowledged. Like, never? Well, he never acknowledged that, oh, I thought there was, or I just assumed because you're a known person that there would be, you know, and I was assuming that he knew that, oh, no. you know, and so, and but he'd still, he never let on. He was just like, keep, keep right this way. Which, which one's your car? Wow. And uh, <laughs> he committed the whole way, <laughs> the whole wow. way. And I was just, I thought it was so, it was so perfect. It was so me like, Mr. Brian, I'm here to help you through the paparazzi. <laughs> huh? What? Well, I, if you say so, <laughs> doors fly open. <laughs> Tumbleweed. Tumbleweed went by with a long lens camera, <laughs> but not aimed at me. Oh. It was really funny. For it your was, birthday, oh. we should get you paparazzi. I think that'd be nice. Yeah. That'd be, that would be, yeah. Real paparazzi? Yeah. No, no, no. Or people, just no, no, no. fake people with No, because real paparazzi wouldn't come. Yeah. <laughs> like, these are people you pay with like a no, no. press <laughs> thing in their hat. Yeah. I did do a thing that was really funny. There was uh, uh, a period uh, in my life when sometimes there would be, uh, you know, people around and I wanted to normalize that for my kids. So what I would do is, when my kids were little, I told them, I taught them this bit, but we would walk out and they'd be, it'd be at some restaurant, you know, that, where there aren't anybody. There's nobody, there's nobody there. There's no paparazzi, but we would walk out and my kids who were little, this is like, my daughter was like maybe seven and my son was five. They would both fan out and say, back up, back up, <laughs> leave them alone. And there was nobody there. And they, it was, it was fun. Cause it, it was a making fun of me yeah. about no one gives a shit about our dad. And then, uh, but I just love to see little kids going, please, he's a person, give him room. <laughs> but I don't know, I don't know where this guy got it in his head. <sighs> Maybe he just assumed like, well, I've, we've had other famous people here and it's a mob scene out. You know, we, we just had, you know, whatever. Uh, Travis, uh, if the, I would feel Travis, embarrassed that there wasn't a crowd, but also embarrassing that you're making this guy work for nothing. I didn't. Well, <laughs> yeah, I tipped this gentleman because I felt like you yeah. got he's just walked oh, me that's my... why he's doing it I know but I just felt bad I, I just I didn't know what to think I thought this oh. is this is uh please I'm here to help you it's a, a mom's you know, <laughs> Mr. Just, President yeah yeah uh, we just had uh we just had Taylor Swift and Travis were here and uh you know we, we, we know how it can be so we're gonna walk you to your car <laughs> <laughs> what did it car, car. I always I always in those moments, when things are really quiet, I always, I always want a bird to go by, like a mocking bird. <laughs> Would it have been worse if there was just like one person there and they, because oh, yeah. I've been with you when paparazzi and they, because there's nothing about your life that's exciting. Oh, I'm always doing. So they're like, hey, what do you think about, you know, oh, someone they always... buying a horse? Yeah, they you know, always have like to random. try and think of something and they don't have a question ready to go for me. Yeah. So they're always, you know, um, stock market. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Interest? What did you buy at the CVS? <laughs> oh, I got those caps that you put on a toothbrush that sort of keep other things from brushing up against it. <laughs> and then you just know TMZ's like, Conan sucks, bang! <laughs> <laughs> right this way, Mr. O'Brien. We got your back. <laughs> A horse goes by. Hey, it's Conan O'Brien. Used to be on the television. And then the paparazzi goes, wow, a talking, a talking horse. They start taking pictures of him. All right, let's get into it. Yeah. My guest today is a hilarious comedian. He truly is. He's, and he's not just a comedian. He's a writer. He's a director. He's an actor. Uh, he's um, a great admirer of this gentleman. His latest one-man show, The Old Man and the Pool, is now available to stream on Netflix. You have to watch it. You really do. I'm excited he's with us today. Mike Birbiglia, welcome. Here's what happened last time. I'm going to bring the listeners up to speed. I challenged you on the idea of the concept of the show that you want to be friends. Mm -hmm. And I said, I don't have your contact information. Mm -hmm. You said it and then you bleeped it. Mm -hmm. But then we were in touch. Mm -hmm. I just want to read a text chain that we had because I'm, <laughs> in addition to being a second time guest on the show, I'm a, an avid listener. I loved the Stephen Wright episode. Oh, thank you. So good. Yeah, he was wonderful. He so was I texted wonderful. Conan and I said, Stephen Wright's the reason I got into comedy. It was the best interview I've ever heard of Stephen Wright because he laughed. I'd never heard him laugh before. And I've been a fan of his. I feel like I've seen every interview. <laughs> so you like killed him. And then I, and I wrote this to you. And you wrote, I'm actually in New York right now, cranking out pods, taking meetings. I'm in Midtown. <laughs> My daughter shows up today, but leaves Monday. If there's a chance to grab coffee, it'd be nice to catch up. Yeah. So that was like a friendship move. We yeah. had we had never I, had coffee. I tried to take it to the next level. Did you really say cranking out pods? I'm cranking oh, out pods, but okay. that didn't mean podcasts. <laughs> no, I, I did you know that? Did you guys know that I I manufacture instant coffee pods? And then so I make a decaf pod that's quite popular. That's the best version of what I was imagining. Yeah. yeah. You don't well, know anyway. about Copods? Copods are huge. Copods are yeah. massive in Brazil. And guess what? Starbucks is about to carry them. No, actually, in Brazil, they drink Copods that are manufactured here. Yes. Oh, by wow. Conan at yeah. his house. Yeah, a coffee that's grown naturally in Brookline, Massachusetts. <laughs> I have a I have a coffee what? plantation in Brookline, Mass. Copods are ninety percent dust. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're gonna get that up to ninety four percent dust because the, the profit the profit margin on copods is extraordinary. Like, yeah. you've never seen anything like it. Yeah, because Brookline, Massachusetts, and I also have a plantation uh, in uh, in Newton, Mass. These are not good places to grow coffee, so I get very few beans. So that's why we need to supplement with dust. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, it's for a long story. One, their slogan is, for every bean, we'll give you a bag of dust. Yes. <laughs> beat that slogan. I've challenged Madison Avenue to beat that slogan, and they can't do it. They get their best people on it. Okay, there's more to the text. There's more to the text. Okay. By the way, I'm Team Sona today. Yeah, I'm, Team, team Sona mug. Team Sona. Got a Team Sona mug. Hey. I'm also Team Matt. Oh, thanks. Oh. Those mugs really, uh, they don't went missing. I, oh, I think you're Matt. missing the point. 
though, that he's Team Sona and Team yeah. Matt. And I don't see a Team Matt mug. <laughs> I've never seen one. Okay. So, I, so I you go, it. I'm here, I'm here, po- you know, yeah, I'm yeah, here yeah. podcasting. Yeah. And then you wrote, text me when you're back and I'll ghost you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then I wrote, I've been ghosted by much bigger celebrities than you. Yep. I, it bounces off of me. And you wrote, it'll sting. You'll see. <laughs> And then, God, I'm killing myself and here. Then, and then you said I'll be back mid June because I was trying to get you to come back on Working It Out, my yep. podcast, which which I want. I'm still going to try to get you to come back on. Yep. And then um, when you were back, uh, you ghosted me. Yeah. And it did sting. Whoa. Yeah. So today, what I want to do is engage, try to get you back on my podcast, and also for pods. Okay. Co- uh, coffee. Coffee, pods. <laughs> Listen, so you were waiting for me to reach out to you when I came back in June. No, I texted you then. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I what did like you say? This. How did you know gotcha. I was in town? Because you had written mid-June around the 13th. I wrote, okay, perfect, can't wait. Yeah. So then- But when I hear can't wait, that- Don't put this <laughs> Don't back on it. him. No, no, no. But, what, him. but listen, when I hear can't wait- that's it's that just is too irresistible. When someone says I can't wait, that makes me think, oh, you're gonna fucking wait. You know oh. what I mean? Brabiglia, right? Yes. Cr- cool. Oh, this is the real me. You want the real me? This That's is why Sona's so hard on you. Yes, yeah. that yeah. is exactly why. Sona, you know me. The minute I saw can't wait, there was part of me that was like, <laughs> there's certain things you just hate that really like yeah. bug you. Um, <laughs> one of the things you wrote is, let's try to make that work. All I ask is that I feature prominently in your next one man show. Yes. <laughs> That's good. That's Let's, good. This That's is. Good. Don't you think this is better than meeting up with me in yeah, person? Yeah, yeah, this is better. These are classic quips. <laughs> and I wrote, "Yes, you're the second man, top billing. You'll have to audition." <laughs> um, <but> I, <laughs> so, you know what? I am going to be. Uh, well, this is the problem. I'm going to be coming to, but I don't know when this airs. But after we've gotten back, yeah, uh-huh. after we've gotten back, so I will be in Brooklyn. They said cranking out pods, cranking out pods <laughs> yeah. at the Brooklyn Academy of Music with uh, my team here, uh, uh, Team Sona and and Team Gorley. But no um, that's like a quick turnaround. That's two days and then gone. Do you ever get over to Brooklyn? That's where I live. Oh. I, knew, I knew that. I, well, on our te- I knew that. I was just trying to grind I've it in. Made it so clear because yeah. I was gonna. Take you for a nice dinner at Lucali Pizzeria in the oh, neighborhood. He's Carol got Gardens. days free. He's got the days free. Oh, he has the days free. We could do yeah. the days. Yeah, let's do the days. Do you want to do the days? Yeah, I want to so do the days. So by the time people, listen, you know what's great? By the time people hear this, yeah, we'll, I will have been to Brooklyn and ghosted you again. Oh, <laughs> and it will And it will have stung. Oh, this will sting so much. Because you'll you'll see me as I'm ghosting you. You'll see me in the glass in the pizzeria, and you'll be outside. It'll be, it'll be shivering cold because it's November. I had a Sona question. I'm, I know that I'm coming in with questions, and mm-hmm. that's awkward. Oh, I love this. Wow. I'm holding up a little note card. I'm, of I'm questions. loving this so yeah. far. Okay. This is delightful. My Sona question is: With Conan, you go so hard on him. What is too far? Have you ever said something that's too mean? And then it's like, what? Like, like we got to cut that out. It's too well, mean. I, I don't think we've, I have to say, you guys could tell me, I don't think we've ever cut out anything that you guys, when you guys go after me, I don't think we've ever cut out anything. <laughs> and we've never cut out anything when you, don't act like you don't come after us. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's I don't, no limit. There's I, no limit. I, my record is clear. It's all in the history books. Do you no, know what I mean? There's you, no, it's there's like it's like World War II footage. We've all seen it. Yes, I go. It's like World no War II limit. footage. There's no limit. I've, 
It's yes. not like World War II footage. It is. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's You've completely misunderstood World War II. <laughs> really? And footage. I, I thought World War II was a lot of passive aggressive bickering no. between no. Stalin, Hitler, no. and Churchill. No, no. Wasn't my it? God, Conan, how did you miss I, this? You read history. Wasn't it a feud between podcasts? <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, now I have to go back, back and look at these again. Back then it was radio. It was <laughs> passive aggression between radio hosts. Yeah. Orson uh, Welles was involved. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. To answer your question. Well, Sona, I mean, Matt, you would know because you I edit don't think thing. I have ever cut anything you've no. said to him. I think I've cut one or two exchanges with you and me and not because they were like bad. It was more like they just, for whatever reason, took the air out or didn't land or yeah. something like right. that. Right, that would yeah. be your fault. It yeah. would have been. Yeah. yeah. If yeah. if anything, um, there have been moments where I was like, I should have gone, gone harder right. on yes. you. There's, well, the other, there's more I should have said. Well, the one I was listening to the other day, I admire this. I, I do ads in my podcast. I have to say what's in the ad. I, I don't know what the hell you guys are doing. <laughs> you, I know. Like... <laughs> You were doing an ad for, like, Conan TV or something? And at the end of it, Sona had made fun of it so much, I was like, does this even exist? We did an Sona's ad. Sona's like, no one wants to watch that, Conan. You know what we did? We did an ad. Oh, my God. We did an ad the other day. Mike, this is true. We did an ad the other day. And it's, you know, I read the, sometimes I'm reading these cold. And we get this, they slide this piece of paper in front of me. Like, what's this one? And I just start going. And I say, like, you know, if you want to monitor your your cat's if you want to monitor your your, your cat's health, oh this device uses lasers and ultralight sound to measure the quantity, quality, and size of your cat's poops, basically, yeah. and then gives you up to date uh, analysis of what your cat's health could be in the future. And then I went on a long rant about the fall of Western civilization. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I don't know on this show where the ads begin or end. No, and I've always thought my well, what has been advertised. You know, yeah. I don't know what the call my, to action my, is. My ads, my ads are a dare to advertise. On Conor Bynum's a friend. It's like if you can handle this, advertise. I think what's happening is rival companies are paying for the other company's ads so that you will do damage <laughs> yes, to their business. Yes, it's, 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 it's an yeah. enemy. It's an enemy it's move. It's a yeah. smart move. It's like yeah. World War II exactly. in that way. Exactly. Yes. It is just like in yes. World War II. He learned it from World War II <laughs> tactics. When Churchill paid for ads that were pushing <laughs> what Hitler wanted. It is so funny, the idea of, oh of Toyota desperately plotting to have me do a Ford ad. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's brilliant. they know... Oh, this will get them. Yeah. It's like this will really cripple Ford. <laughs> it's like what they wanted was thirty seconds of of an advertisement, and what they get is five minutes of nothing. <laughs> I have more questions. Okay, more questions. Keep okay. it going. So last night I ran into Conan out to dinner. Yep. It was like a Curb Your Enthusiasm. I mean, Curb Curb Enthusiasm is all these scenarios where you run into celebrities in in Hollywood, and it. I witnessed it last night. It was with Jimmy Kimmel. Yep. Martin Short. Yep. We run into Conan. Yep. With Phil Rosenthal. Yep. Scott Ian from Anthrax. Scott Ian from Anthrax and his, uh, his lovely wife. And uh, and it was Patton Oswalt. Yep. And his uh, wife, Meredith. Meredith. And, um, and your wife. Yeah. And my wife, Liza. I'm on an, I, I'm getting on an airplane. I was in Chicago to interview the the Nirvana fellas, uh, Novoselic and Grohl. 
And then I'm flying back and I'm getting on the plane and uh, this gentleman with a fascinating beard gets on, sits opposite me and I'm like, oh, I know who this is. And he says to me, hi, Conan, yeah, Scott, Ian, Anthrax, I played oh. on your show. And I went, oh, cool. So we chat the entire way about the rem metal, but also wow. going back to punk, Ramones, uh, his childhood. Uh, it would have been almost a great podcast, just chatting with him across the aisle. And then he said, hey, I'm good friends with Patton. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I, I'm texting with Patton all the time. I've known Patton Oswald forever. The next thing I know, there's one of those text chains where it's like a dinner is happening. And wow. I keep thinking, um, is this ever gonna happen? And then finally the day arrives, November 1st, we're gonna go out to this uh, dinner. So we go out, we're there, we're having a really good time. And then uh, the next thing I know, these figures are looming over us at our table. Yeah. And it's it's you, uh, Mr. Kimmel and, uh, uh, and uh, Mr. Short, Marty Short. And then we all get up and then we're all standing in the middle of the restaurant pretty much doing bits and stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Conan leaned into me and he mm -hmm. goes, you're coming on the podcast tomorrow. Just remember, it's about me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No. I did. Yeah, true story. Yeah. And then oh, sure enough, no. he's, and then he shows up, and then he shows up with questions. Uh, <laughs> I, know. I, I love that he's done homework. This is prepared. Um, oh, this is, my, this is my big question. So when we do our podcast, we have the, we have the interview, and then the moment the person leaves, after we're like, that was great. That was, was going to be wonderful. Yeah. And then they leave, and they go, what'd you think? <laughs> so my question is, like, this time or last time, and I was on, what's gonna be the thing you say when I leave? What's gonna be the real dirt? And I wanna know the real thing. Okay, well, first of all, we have to get to the end before we know that. Yeah. Because- um, Can we circle back to it? Yeah, of course. Okay. I'm, I'm already gonna... on board because he has my mug. So I am I think this is a great interview. Thanks, Sona. Well, yeah. Well, also, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something. I love it when a guest comes in uh, I'm a huge fan of yours, you know that. Thanks. And uh, a, a big admirer of what you've uh, accomplished and what you've been able to carve out for yourself. But I also love that you came in um, and you're so proactive that you're you're stirring it up, you're asking us questions. That to me makes for a better podcast. I love that. Mm -hmm. So ambitious. already, ambitious, ambitious. Came in with an agenda. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Is it because it makes it more about you though? Is that what you mean? Yes. Yeah, yeah I think so. I oh, think that okay. makes me happy. Uh, and okay. uh, also, <laughs> in advance, I followed Matt and Sona on Instagram also. Oh, oh and God bless. One of them may have followed me back. I'm going to do it now. I'm not sure they know what, that. Do you remember last time that you popped back on the Zoom? Yeah. That's Is that why you bring this up? No. Okay. Yeah, because you we recorded over Zoom last time, and you popped back in the Zoom yeah. while we were doing our download. So yes. I like this. This is great. I wasn't yeah. gone, and you got kept talking. No, we will. Um, we'll give you a full assessment afterwards. Okay. We'll be honest okay, about great. it. Okay, great. It's incredible to have the flexibility to work in all sorts of places, whether it's taking video calls from the park or emailing large files while you're grocery shopping. Sona, this is good for you. Is it? Because you're always doing whatever work you do for me from fun locations. But I like blaming it on not having reception. I know, but you can't do that here. Working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network, which is why you should check out T-Mobile, Sona. Okay. Then you got no excuses. They're America's largest and fastest 5G network. With T-Mobile, you'll be covered in more places with the 5G speed you need for your life on the go. Plus, 
They also cover more highway miles with 5G than anybody else. Check it out if you don't believe me. Hey, Blay, you've got T-Mobile, right? I do. I was actually just up in the woods in Idlewild. It was fantastic for the weekend. And uh, my T-Mobile didn't miss it. My T-Mobile phone didn't miss it. You know, I wouldn't think you'd need a cell phone because you speak so loudly into a microphone. (laughs) Well, I had to look some stuff up. Just take it. Just take it down. I didn't know what brunch was. I can hear him. When the restaurant's open for brunch. Okay. uh, So I used uh, my T-Mobile coverage to check out brunch. That's all right. Anyway, wherever you are, you know, take it from the loudspeaking Blay. If you're on the go, you want to be in the know, you want to make the show. What? Uh, T-Mobile. Okay. That's the one for you. That was I should weird. have rhymed it with go. Anyway, yeah. find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. Fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds, according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data Q3 2023. C5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend is sponsored by ADT. Now ADT professionally installs Google Nest products so your home is safe and smart. You can check in on your home and manage your security systems from virtually anywhere. Google Nest cams can tell the difference between a person, an animal, a vehicle, or with the Nest doorbell, even a package. You can know that there's a package out there. I know. And not a person. You don't have to that do helps. anything. Yeah, sometimes a person rings the doorbell and I think it's a package. Anyway, <laughs> and with Nest Aware as part of your monthly ADT service, you can get 30 days of event video history, even smarter notifications like when a familiar or unfamiliar face is seen. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. You can view video of an alarm event and verify or cancel an alarm with just a tap. Mm. I'm always setting off alarms accidentally. This is helpful for me. Oh, good. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, well, you got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Google, Nest Cam, Nest Doorbell, and Nest Aware are trademarks of Google LLC. Come on, if most people are being honest, no one really knows what you do for work, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, especially if you're in a, what I like to call B2B. Oh, you know? what, what is that? I'll explain. Okay. That's a business doing business with other businesses. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I call it B2B. It's a little thing. It's also, uh, it's a boy band I'm working on. <laughs> anyway, fortunately, LinkedIn has a network of professionals who get what you do and you can reach the right people who matter most to your company because they're LinkedIn. Yeah. That's what they do. LinkedIn has over, this is the fun part to say, one billion members. Are you serious? Yeah. That's not, that's more people than are on earth because there are people on the moon using it and Saturn. (laughs) That's one over 1 billion members on its platform, including 70 million decision makers. God, I'd like to meet a decision maker. Since LinkedIn members are regularly updating their work history, you can precisely build a target audience by job title, industry, company, and more. Man, you can reach the right people for your, I'm going to say it again, B2B business with LinkedIn ads. Gets even better because LinkedIn will give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Hmm. There you go. Just go to linkedin.com slash Team Coco to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash Team Coco. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. I have to say, and it's one of the reasons I really love doing the podcast, um, over the years of doing a late night show, and uh, I'm just going to remind viewers that Mr. Birbiglia, when you were a young 
Lad started out as an intern on our show. In the 90s. In the 90s. 90s. Um, and he was an intern on the program. And then all these years uh, when we were at Rockefeller Center, the old show, and then um, it's kind of cool to contrast. That was a show where I would talk to multiple people a night uh, and you had... So it was a volume business. And there in the postmortem, we really would sometimes get into it. Oh, yeah. About, oh, my God, can you believe what that guest did? Can you say any of them? I don't like to hurt people. I, I really don't. <laughs> yeah, I really I don't like that. to hurt people's feelings. <laughs> what? What? what have you been doing to us for years <laughs> now? Well, uh, uh, this is familiarity breeds contempt. So <laughs> I know you guys. I see you every day, so I have no fear. Um, oh. but, you know, you uh, know what's funny is about my interning on your show is that part of the reason that I became a stand-up comedian is because of interning on your show. So like, for example, I would ask Mike Sweeney and Brian Stack and all these writers for the show, how would one become a writer for Late Night with Conan O'Brien? Because that's what I want to do. That's my dream. And they and their answers were, I did stand-up. I did improv. I right. went back to college, just did stand-up and improv. Yeah. And I did stand-up. I was like, all right, this is going pretty well. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> went better than pretty well. Yeah, yeah. I, I, went, I think it went spectacularly well. It didn't well. go well yeah. for a while, though. I mean, it went okay. Now it's good. Um, <laughs> no, I was always surprised by the number of people that would come up to me and say, I'm really interested in doing what you're doing. And I would say, oh, you know, well, what are you doing? Like, are you writing comedy? Are you... Um, are you in an improv troupe? Are you doing stand-up? What are you doing? And they'd be like, oh, no, I'm not doing any of that. I just want to do... <laughs> <laughs> Give it to uh, me. Yeah, yeah, I would like that when you're when you're done with it. And um, but, but I would say the podcast, it is... I mean, I'm hard-pressed to think of a podcast where I haven't enjoyed talking to the people because we don't make nearly as many of them. And if there's someone I don't want to talk to, I just don't talk to them. Yeah. And so it's... It, uh, it it feels like a really nice, I'm, I, I don't think, I think it's, I, I mean, I'm hard pressed to think of a time when someone's left here and I've thought, boy, I really disliked talking to that uh. person. I usually feel like I learned something. And it also like, I feel like it lets you do goofball things mm -hmm. without it feeling out of place because it's much longer right. than like a five minute interview. Like <laughs> the hardest, I one of the hardest I've ever laughed at this podcast I don't remember which episode, the Yay Boo episode? Oh, Yay Boo. Oh, yeah. Yay Boo, oh, yeah. Yay Boo. It's lots of fun to do. If you like it, holler yay. And if you don't, you holler boo. <laughs> Can you give context for people who didn't hear that originally? Yeah. Okay, Will. It was my grandfather had some old, like, 45s in the attic, and we found one, and it was this singer in, like, the 50s singing a song called Yay Boo, Yay yeah. Boo. And I remembered once... It's I can do it now on the podcast and it feels like it's in place. There was one night on the on the late night show when I'm out there and I'm really just at this point, I've done like thirty five thousand hours of television. But I'm in I'm doing the monologue in the late night show for NBC. And I said something and the audience mock went. And then I said, and of course, so and so's in the news. And the audience went, boo. And I went, yay, boo, yay, boo. It's lots of fun to do. If you like it, holla, yay. And if you don't, holla, boo. And I remembered my producer, my right, everyone was like, what the fuck was that? But that goes back to what you're saying of like people come up to you and they go, like, I want to do what you do. And people say that to me as a stand up all the time. I'm like, you got to do it so many hours, like you're saying, that you don't even notice you're doing it after a while. Well, that happens um, 
that, uh, yeah, you probably get this. You'll be talking to somebody and they'll think, oh, that's weird. You're the same person that I saw do the show. Yeah. Meaning they assume that you'll you become a different person. Yes. You'll <laughs> do bits for people endlessly in like an airport or at like a Taco Bell. And people will be like, why is he doing why aren't you this like serious quiet man in your regular life? Now and then imagining you be- Scott Ian from Anthrax never wanting to speak to oh, me yeah. about the entire yeah, he time. Was he was trying to get away from me. Um Wait, but- so are you so that was my whole thing with my mom when I was like I recently, I guest hosted for Kimmel when he had COVID. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, why don't or you- Or when he said he had COVID. Yeah, when he said he had COVID. <laughs> and wanted a little downtime. Yeah. And, uh, and, so, and so they were like, you should interview your mom on video chat. And so I interviewed my mom. And I go, mom, what was I like as a kid? And she goes, you were, you were not funny. You were so serious. And then she goes, she goes, you comedians are so serious. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how many comedians do you know? <laughs> You're you're texting Ronnie Chang? Yeah. Turns out she knows a lot. Are you on an email 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 thread with Roy Wood Jr.? Like, what's going on here, Mom? What don't I know? I do really want to talk about you. You have uh, amassed this really cool body of work. You're a terrific storyteller and um, a terrific. You make these these one man shows that are. beautifully constructed and you are not so i want to take a second here and 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 acknowledge what you've done which is you are not i have so much respect for stand-up but what you do it feels like you've carved out really something quite unique for yourself and i think that's that's my highest compliment to musicians and comedians is when i say no this person found something they worked they they worked hard in the dark alone, they figured it out and they came out with something that's truly them. And I think you've done that. Like Thanks. people, pe- you have a, this huge following, which is people want to want to hear Mike Birbiglia tell stories that are very personal to him. No, I appreciate it. It's, I'm lucky. I just, you know, I'm doing a new tour called Police Off the Ride. Mm-hmm. It's like a whole new hour. And it's, uh, and it, yeah, it seems like people still want to see the next show. You know, it, it, it's weird. Every time, I always talk about this with my friend Jack Antonoff, who's from Bleachers, who's yep, a great musician. Yep. And we've been friends for like 20 years. We're both touring acts. And like when you put a tour on sale, you find out if anyone still cares. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. And it's like, and so it's exciting that I've made these, yeah, like you're saying, like I made these things that, and it's kind of by accident that I made it specific. It's really just because I'm like, I'm really interested in plays and I'm really interested in movies and drama and then also I'm really interested in stand-up and then along the way I started working with a theater director Seth Barish and I just I started working with theater producers and all at a certain point it just became a thing like it wasn't an overnight thing it just and at a certain point like my probably my biggest break was like in 2008 um, Nathan Lane agreed to be present my show off Broadway Sleepwalk right. With Me which is the first one of these and that was helpful because it like sort of put me it made people show up and and think it's a piece of theater as opposed to just writing it off as stand-up. To have everyone belittles. To have Nathan Lane's cool. no, it's no, true but, though. No, but but like to have Nathan Lane's imprint, I mean he is uh He's a know, gold standard. He's a gold standard. And so for Nathan Lane to say, you all need to pay attention to Mike Babiglia, I mean to give yourself credit, you've also had you've had a very interesting life. 
you've had a lot of um, health issues mm -hmm. and you've been really honest about them and they're quite dramatic. And these stories you tell are riveting. Oh, I mean, thanks. they're really like <laughs> the highest compliment I can pay to someone. This sounds terrible, but Los Angeles is a very specific place and theater in L.A. To get to theater in L.A., you need to it's not like New York where you say, I want to go check out that show. I'm going to walk 15 blocks this way and go see the show. I heard that you were doing your show and and Greg Daniels and I were talking about it and we decided let's go down and 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 see Mike Birbiglia do his uh, do his show. So we uh <laughs> we drove to downtown Los Angeles to yeah. see your show and I remember thinking as I'm driving into downtown LA, this is commitment. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like a 40 minute it's far. odyssey and you feel like it's like Lord of the Rings. Like there's different tests along the way. <laughs> and uh, we lost the ring for a while, but we got it back and we crossed the river and we, we, you know, and then finally we ended up at this wonderful theater and we saw you and you were worth it. Definitely worth the trip. Oh, thanks. It, it's weird how, yeah, it's weird how you end up where you are and then yeah, also, like, we're talking about the Nathan Lane thing. It's a little bit like with Lorne Michaels with you. Yeah. With Late Night. Yeah. Because, like, I remember when that happened in the 90s, when yeah. they were like, and the new host is a writer who you do not know. <laughs> Who's replacing. Also, <laughs> to put it in context, I always, I used to, I did this bit once uh, on Charles Grodin's show, but he was like, now, what was it like when you replaced Letterman? And I was like, what is it? What was it like? I said, imagine, <laughs> I, can't even imagine. I said, imagine, um, imagine that because, you know, Letterman 1993, and this is back when there were very few comedy gods, you know, that it's yeah. a very different landscape now, but he's this, he's the biggest icon in comedy and, and Carson's retired. And so it's like, it's Letterman in, in my world. And then, uh, imagine them saying, uh, in, uh, in baseball, you know, Joe DiMaggio is now retiring today, ladies and gentlemen, 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 gentlemen. He is leaving the field forever, 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 forever. Goodbye, Joe DiMaggio. Greatest <laughs> legend in Yankee history, 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 history. But don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. Here comes his replacement, 19-year-old Chip Whitley. <laughs> and like a bat, a bat boy comes running out. It's like, hi, everybody. I'm going to disappoint you for a while, while, while. But don't worry, worry, worry if you stick with me. Me, with me, with me. After about four, four or five years, 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 you'll grow to love me, love me, love me. And that's what it felt like. And that's exactly what it was. It was fucking crazy. Yay, boo, yay, boo. There's lots of fun to do if you like it, holler, yay, and if you don't. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. But, um, it was... It was absolute madness, but it's so funny that you remember that, but fan, like people that are into our stuff now or like the podcast, whatever, and people in their 20s, they have no idea. Yeah. They just think, oh, you were, you're like Mickey Mouse. You were just always around. I'm like, no, no, I'm, no. There was a, there, there was a time when it was really rough. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I, and I feel like the thing that's happened, this show's called The Old Man in the Pool, and by the time people... Yeah, I'll say it's on Netflix now. Yep. It's called The Old Man in the Pool because it will because it's out right yeah. now. It's out right now. And I want I had a fear about it, which was I was like the vision was I want to do a show that's a, that's a, 90 minutes of jokes and stories about death because mm -hmm. I feel like if we you know face the thing that we're more scared most scared of in, in my case death um, that there's a catharsis for that for for everybody potentially and 
I did have a fear of like, oh, I'm going to go out with this. And then some people are going to be, if they're going through, you know, sorrow or dealing with deaths of people close to them, are going to have a bad, it's going to have a, a bad effect. And it was the opposite. Like literally the people who would come up to me, like when I was doing it in LA, like I remember like this woman came up to me after the show and she was like, I recently lost some people in my life and I lost my dad and a bunch of people. And and tonight when I was in the audience, like I felt like I was laughing with my dad. Mm -hmm. And it was like, and genuinely, like I feel like that's the thing about being in my 40s that I did not expect. First of all, I didn't expect to be doing comedy in my 40s. I somehow like in my 20s and 30s even didn't anticipate that it would continue somehow but i feel like the thing that i've i've started to realize is like oh it really is about them it's about the audience it's about their experience and if like if you can get people to that point that's why i'm excited that it's on netflix now because it's like oh well maybe it'll have that effect with you know the hundreds of millions of people who who are able to get to netflix it's funny because, and this is a compliment again, hard to categorize you because you are very funny and you are a comedian and you are doing stand-up comedy, but it's also not stand-up comedy because you're telling stories. And we've talked about this somewhat. I know you, and you mentioned your mom. I know your mom was a major influence on you. Yeah. Because like my parents, she comes from this Irish storytelling oh, yeah. uh, tradition. And I just knew that I, I grew up in a similar kind of uh, situation where telling stories and, and, and being able to make a, something that happened to you funny was sort of just a way of life. It's how you, it's, it's how you grew up. It wasn't even thought of as a, prof, as a possible profession, right? Yeah. It's like, it's definitely not. I mean, I grew up outside of Worcester. Mm -hmm. I didn't even grow up outside of Boston. Like right. people don't even understand when I explain where I live. I'm like central Massachusetts. They're like, why would anyone live there in the middle? <laughs> yep. In the middle. <laughs> in Shrewsbury, Massachusetts, which I love. And I just went back there recently. I love it. But it's also like no one in the town thought show business wasn't a job that anyone even had. Right. I mean, right. It, was, it was an outrageous thought. Uh, but uh, yeah, I feel like even when I go home now, it's like, and my mom's a great storyteller. You know, and my my siblings, my, you know, my my two sisters, Gina and Patty, my brother Joe, they're a riot. And like the most fun is, my wife always comments on this is is that when I'm home, it's not the dinner, the Christmas dinner that's funny. It's like the eleven, twelve at night, one a.m. sitting around the kitchen aisle, kitchen, yeah, kitchen, and yeah. just telling stories about kids you grew up with and what's going on with everybody and what's this person up to. And like, and that's like, I'm getting choked up even saying it's like, weirdly, that's my favorite thing to do. Yeah. Well, Be it's with also, people you love and just tell stories about things. Right. But I think you've been done a really good job of replicating that, that there's an alchemy that happens specifically around the kitchen island or for <laughs> us, I can, I, I, I still see it when I go home and my parents are still uh, with us. It's so funny, Mulaney, I was, last time I was talking to him and he, I mentioned that my dad is 94 and he said, I think it's, I forget how he said it because his diction is so perfect, his word choice, but he just said, I think it's like something like unseemly or silly that a man your age still has his father. <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah. no, but it, it was, I could kind of see like, 
<laughs> oh, come on, Conan. Yeah. You're That's ancient. So and you're saying, I just saw my dad? <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> but um, but I, I kind of knew what he was saying. But uh, I think he said, was he, like, it's not dignified. It's almost not yeah, dignified. Yeah, it's like, not stop, dignified. Oh, stop that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, stop that, Conan. That's yeah. ridiculous. But uh, I, I go back and see my folks in the same house I grew up in in Brookline. And there's that there's that round table that's still there and I'm sitting at that same table and all that stuff comes back, which is, oh, this is where I really cut my teeth. This yeah. is where I, everything else has been a refinement yeah. of that. You're just refining and adjusting and, and but, but the basic concept of how it all works yeah. happens around your kitchen table. That's when it happens or it happens around that island. And you're right, it happens at 11 o'clock at night when people are letting their guard down a little bit and yeah. telling stories and you've been able to, Translate that. I mean, I don't want to give anything away from your show, but you and and you can tell me if this is cool to talk about or not. But you start your show, this one, with a very personal story about something that happened to you like six years ago. You mean the doctor's appointment? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I went to the for my annual checkup and the doctor asked me to do the pulmonary test, which is you blow into the tube and there's a ball in it. Simulate blowing out a candle, uh, which is the joke is, which is why I call it the birthday cake test. It tells you how many birthday cakes you have left. <laughs> and, uh, and so I basically, I basically I did it. And then the doctor's just like looking at the screen attached. She goes, go ahead and do it. You know, I was like, I did it. You know, and then basically like they were like, you have to do cardio five days a week. I was like, nobody does cardio five days a week. They're like, a lot of people do. I'm like, I don't think professional athletes do cardio five days a week. They're like, professional athletes definitely do cardio five days a week. We talk about this for about 45 minutes. We agree to disagree. And, uh, but it was, it, it, you know, it really did. It, it, it led me down this rabbit hole of, 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 of different doctor's appointments. And it's a little bit whack-a-mole where like you, you fix one thing and then you're drinking too much juice and then your blood sugar goes up. I got diagnosed with type two diabetes and it's like mm. kind of a, yeah, it's a, a roller coaster of things. And it's like, yeah. So the, the, yeah, the show really deals with like mortality and this idea of like, you, there's a certain point where you're like, Oh, I'm a, like, I always heard that, that phrase growing up, like over the hill, that would be, always mm -hmm. be at the Spencer gifts. Like, you know, giving people greeting cards. You were over the hill. I didn't even know what it meant. Right. Till I get on till I got on the hill. And I'm like, oh, oh, there's natural causes. They're not close, but they're coming. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it's like, yeah, it's I I would I mean, I, how's your experience with that been like aging where you just go like, oh wow. Have you had that? It was a shocking to you? Well, you know, yeah, I had my we talked about it on the podcast a bunch, but I turned 60 in uh in April. And wow. um it's just funny because I you know, knock wood, I I feel great. I, I think I take care of myself and everything, but you do start to, that's a number and not in a bad way, but you start to think, oh, there's a finite amount of this. Yes, yes. And we spend so much of our lives and uh, you can probably relate to this too, which is I had, uh, I had like a, such a big part of my career where I just felt like I was the new guy. Yes. And then it turned so quickly into, oh my gosh. into yes. you did a great job, old man. Yes. You know, I, and, and people on the street are like, you know, they're super nice to me, but they act like I've been around as long as they've been alive doing foolishness. And so it felt like it flipped very quickly into good job, old man. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. 
the part where I was the young guy trying to prove myself seemed to go on forever. Yes. And then it turns very quickly. And I've, I know you've talked about a similar thing. I had it with Taylor Tomlinson, who's, who uh, we just found out is going to be the next late night host after Colbert. Yeah. yeah. She's hilarious. And uh, she came on my podcast. She goes, I used to watch you in middle school. Oh. Isn't that funny? Uh, Isn't that it's a, middle school, you say? Isn't that and hilarious? And where was that? Then? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when was this middle school? When does that take place? But no, there are there are <laughs> routinely people that work for me, and they'll, I'm like, when were you born? And they're like, you know, 1998. I'm like, what? <laughs> how how are you allowed to be out out away from home? How can you be allowed to leave your house? How are you allowed to leave your house? <laughs> How, do your parents know where you are? They're you, like, 1998, Conan? Fucking wake someone up. Someone dial 911. <laughs> this child has wandered, you know, are we employing you illegally? <laughs> Let me get this straight. You were born while Clinton was president? Yeah. And you're allowed to walk around in, in workplaces? But I mean, it's, it's, it, it is this, it's, it's so wrong, but yes. And by the way, just shout out to Taylor Tomlinson, who I adore. She is f hilarious Ryan. and fearless. Oh yeah. Fearless. Uh, and uh, I got to tour with her a bunch of years ago and she was, I mean, I think she must, she was very young when she was on this tour. I remember the first night she walked out and it's a big venue and everything. And she just had absolutely, yeah. she had that thousand yard stare of, yep, I'm going to go do this now and kill. <laughs> I was like, good Lord. Yeah. Um, remind me to uh, <laughs> buy stock in Taylor Tomlinson. So you and I had similar like Irish, Irish Catholic, like Massachusetts upbringing. Did you, did your parents say, I love you? Cause I talk in the special a lot about, we weren't like an, I love you. And we all love each other. It's, there's no confusion, but it, we don't say, I love you. We say, take care. Oh. I know. <laughs> and it's not the same. Uh, take care of oneself. <laughs> it's, it's not even yourself. Not even you. Take, take care, care of, of oneself. Take care of one. Wait, one who? Um, Someone. Uh, well, I'm going to say, I'm going to double down for our listeners, and we've probably mentioned this before, but you say you come from Worcester, Shrewsbury. That's where my entire family comes from. Oh, yes. And then my parents, when I was, uh, just before I was born, like my, they migrate to the Boston area from central Massachusetts, but really all my DNA and my whole history is Worcester, Massachusetts. Yeah. And that's where all my relatives live. That's where I went when I was a kid. We went there on Christmases, wow. Thanksgiving. So you and I are made up of exactly the same stuff. You might've even gone to what I talk about in the special, which is the YMCA pool in Worcester. That's where I, that's because I, I, I did said, not, I did not go there. No, my doctor recommended I go to the YMCA pool. And I say when I was a kid, my mom took me to the YMCA pool and I hated everything about it. It was wet, sweaty. I go, it smelled like, you know, when you're, you're a kid and someone breaks their cast and they let you smell under oh. the cast. It, it's like if that smell became a building oh, and then someone yeah. just sprayed it down with overchlorinated water. I love that you said you let someone smell under your cast. <laughs> Get what do you mean? <laughs> Line up now. No pushing, no shoving. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Only $10 a pot. Line them up, kids. <laughs> hey, 
did you hear? Babiglia is letting us smell underneath his cast. <laughs> what? Jesus, fuck, get out of the way. Um, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. We had a place in Brookline, which, which we all called The Tank, and it was a giant, it was a, it was a bunch of swimming pools. And man, there's a distinctive body odor mixed with a powerful chlorine that's probably no longer legal. Yeah. That <laughs> removes your skin after three swims. Yes. Uh, and uh, I remember that quite well. So I had that and uh, my daughter broke her foot this mm. summer, beginning mm. of the summer. And um, I didn't realize when your daughter breaks your foot, it's like your whole family breaks their foot. Didn't do a lot of foot-based activities this summer. Uh, but she was, we were at this place called Urban Air, which is like one one of these places where there's like a hundred trampolines in like a warehouse. Yeah. And then you walk in and they make you sign a, a release form that's about, you know, a, you know, f- you know, 40 pages long. And it's just like, and your daughter will break her foot. And you're like, Mike Birbiglia, you know, and uh, there will be many injuries sustained. Mike Birbiglia, you know, you may not make it out alive. Mike Birbiglia, you know, and and then we go in and then sure enough, you know, breaks her foot. And it's uh, it's and I'm not. And of course, now you know, she broke. She did the thing that you it seems obvious. Someone's going to get hurt. This is crazy. Right. But now I can't sue, but I, I can talk about it comedically on podcasts. <laughs> yes, which is, in a way, the better revenge. I, like, for example, I don't know if Urban Air should be a business. That's a joke, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, of course they should be a business. That's the, the you know. It's uh, Urban Air is dangerous for all participants, which is a joke I'm working on. Of course, of course it should be uh, safe for all participants. I'm sure it is. <laughs> hey, we're doing an ad today for Urban Air. <laughs> this has been it for the last 15 that, minutes. That was, that that was, was our ad, ad for Urban Air. Yeah. Urban Air, are you tired of a body that's free of injury? <laughs> On the way in today, Sona, I was thinking about... Just how much has changed over the years. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, we were all dancing the Jitterbug and the Watusi. And then you grow up now and there's mosh pits and everything's gone (laughs) cuckoo. There's this new thing called rap. I don't know what's (laughs) happening anymore. But guess what? In a world full of change, there's one thing that hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. The great taste of Miller Lite. Are you with me on this? Oh, yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah. And you know, another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less Filling. Yeah. I hate a filling beer. When I have a filling beer, I just want to sit down in a beanbag chair for six days, but not with Miller Lite. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Mm -hmm. Back in 1975, the big debate in America was what's more important, that it's less filling Miller Lite or it tastes great. Yeah. The cool thing is when we all realized it's both. Okay. It's less filling and it tastes great. All right, everybody wins. Everybody wins. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and it's less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Conan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Yeah. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. (laughs) 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all sometimes have issues or things we need to talk about, get off our chest. I have that all the time. Don't you, Sona? I do. Yeah, and we need people to talk to. And we carry around different stressors. We carry big stressors. We carry small stressors. Uh, I was raised in a culture where you're supposed to kind of bottle it up, and I've learned over time that that's not the best thing to do. If you do let things rattle around in there for a while without talking it out, it can affect your life very negatively. Well, therapy is a safe space where you can get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. BetterHelp's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. A lot of people have a barrier towards getting therapy because they think, well, I don't know, I've got to find the person, talk to them. What if I? it's not a good match? I Then it's awkward. None of that. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Conan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Conan. Let's do mid uh, episode vibe check. How are we doing with the episode? Uh, I'm I'm having a great time. I, uh, I'm okay. I'm loving it. I think well, I mean, the person we have to ask is the guru. He sits in the back, sort of like George Steinbrenner. He's just sitting back there. He owns yeah. us all. Adam Sachs. He, he, looks Adam, a, he looks exactly like George Steinbrenner. Yeah. <laughs> if George Steinbrenner had a child with Michael Sarah, <laughs> but it was but it was all Michael Sarah. This is and the no sec- George Steinbrenner. This is the second day in a row you've called me Michael Sarah. So it's de- yeah, I don't know what I've done. It you might know be what, my haircut. I don't you know what it is? I'm rewatching with my son. We rewatch and rewatch and rewatch Arrested Development because oh my God. I want my I always wanted my son to watch the very best comedic stuff. And uh, we he started watching Arrested Development, and we always watch it over and over and over again. And we do it, and we've been doing it a lot lately. And I've been looking at Michael Sarah in that show and thinking, Oh my God, it's Adam Sachs. I can't wait for the Daily Beast article. That's like, and that's when he said, I look like Michael Sarah again. And that's when he said, I look like George Steinbrenner. You don't look like George Steinbrenner. You have the, sometimes in the back, I know that like it, one frown from you and I know that I'm gone. So yeah, he's, he's Wait, controls Adam, how's us it all. Going? How's it going? Oh, it's going great. Okay, This good. is like, this is exactly what the podcast should be. Yeah. This is this is yes. not uh, always is, but, sh- but is, should be and could be. This is what the podcast should be and yeah. often is, but not always is. Does anyone have any notes so far? Um, well, you do. You came in with <laughs> yeah. you came in with fifty notes. <laughs> My only note is that you said mid episode check, and we are actually oh, I know. at wrap time. I, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. but not that we have to. Uh, we can, I'm just saying. No, no, we can yeah. we can just That's keep how going. Much fun it is this will be one of those long ones. It's you know? zipping along. Yeah. yeah, we can just lose the ads because we because I don't think they're paying us anyway. <laughs> Once they listen to them, um, so the Netflix special. It's out. How long does it take you to work on this next on on the next show? Yeah. So I'm about first of all, a year you need into the you need show. some stuff to happen to you, right? Do you need yeah, me to like shoot true. you in the shoulder, which would give? <laughs> Do you need me to shoot you in the shoulder? No, but I mean, can you imagine? That's, That's like... when Conan said to me, "Do you need me to shoot you in the shoulder?" And sure, Conan is funny sometimes, but this was a time where I, it didn't seem like he was making a joke. <laughs> 
I would use a 22. <laughs> I would use, uh, I would use a lower caliber. Oh, yeah. You would kill him. You're acting you like you're a marksman, but you're, you you don't shoot. Oh, come you on. You go shooting, you're yeah. going to kill him. Uh, which, right. Oh, 50-50 chance he gets killed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you get a ton of material. Okay, so. And then answer. I come on at the end of the show and we hug. That's a big show. By the way, that's another that's another handoff that I think that we could pull off in 2024 is if you end up because you were talking about going out and doing a whole bunch of live dates, maybe yep. even stand up. Right. If you do that, I want to pop into some of those shows. I would love to have you do that. I would love it. Well, you're that's saying my, that now. Be my dream. Mm. Would it? Conan, all the jokes aside. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> you have to deal with this all the time. This is the bane of your existence. There's a generation of us comedians who view you as the Buddha of comedy. Oh, wow. Okay. <sighs> all right. Well, you're old. <laughs> and apparently fat. Yeah. I'm apparently fat. Yeah. And old. I'm sorry, I ruined it. No, you actually. I'm sorry, I no, ruined it. No, no, Sona, it. Sona, you. That was exactly so what I Davis needed. Paula Davis on my way in gave me a compliment, and because I've known Paula forever sure. since your late night. So Paula's been with me 30 years. Yeah, and she gave me a compliment, and and I basically said, you know, if you stick around long enough in show business, eventually they let you just stay. And she goes, you and Conan are the best at batting away compliments. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But you are. You're the, you know. Oh, you're, well, thank you very much. So, yeah, that would be, the, that would be. I don't, it doesn't process. I don't take it for granted. Like, seeing you last night and Jimmy and Jesus Christ, Marty Short, who yeah. is, uh, is funny in a way that always makes me question, like, how can anybody be that funny in so many ways yeah. to like run into you guys and just be joking around and then on the ride home realize that I get to be around all these very funny people who are really creative and it's nice what a little what a fucking this is how joy. much joy this is how much I idolize Martin Short to wear it at dinner and I don't eat onions or tomatoes mm -hmm. and, and you went to an Italian get, restaurant and I get mocked <laughs> I get mocked by my family including my daughter yeah. and eight-year-old daughter because she eats more stuff than I do but with Marty Short, I'm like, I'm just going full onions, tomatoes. You know what I mean? I'm just, right. I can't, I can't be that person. Well, also, there is a moment where you realize you've made a mistake <laughs> around Martin Short. <laughs> because he is, you know, when you walk, if you're in a museum or something and, every, and, you're, and you're in a room alone and you're really still and then you move slightly a little red light goes up, those motion sensors. And the, the red light's just going to register movement and they can pick up the slightest movement. Marty Short is one of those yeah. for someone making a mistake. There's a few people like that, Bill Hader's like that, yep. where you have to be aware that whatever you're saying or doing is being clocked uh, with a deep sensitivity. He, he does an impression of me that's so cruel that my wife Jenny loves, which is, he, this is the whole impression. He goes, but it was my car. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole impression. It's nothing yeah. that I say. It's nothing I've said in any joke, but it was my car. Bill is just beyond. He's Wait, on another planet yeah. of funny. But also just knowing that... Uh, you're a, you're around these people who have a superpower that that they'll notice something the slightest 
Yeah. The slight, I misspoke slightly, or I had this little tick, and they're like, ah, delicious. Yeah. You're like that. Yeah, you are like that. Not at all. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, not at all. Not at all, and I love you no, both. No, but I, I value that, too. Like, I feel so lucky. Like, I, my first taste of that, in addition to, like, my own family, like you're saying, was when I got to college, and I, and I was like, is there a sketch comedy group? Because I wanted to write mm-hmm. comedy, like on late night and uh they said there isn't but there's an improv group I, I i don't know what that is and i auditioned i got in and when i got in i was like oh these are 10 people who are like that who are just like we're gonna make fun of everything we're gonna do impressions of everything we're gonna be very annoying but also kind of amazing and those are like some well, of my closest friends uh, to this day i've always thought and this goes for everybody here like isn't I was I always tell my kids that the journey is finding your people. You set off into the world and then it's just collecting people that, you know, inspire you, whatever, charge you in some way. And then at the end, it is like one of those movies, those travelogue movies where the person heads out in the beginning and at the end they've got like this this group of people that have different powers, but they've befriended them along the way. I don't know. I it brings me to my final point, which is that Conan and I have finally found each other. Oh. And Copods is going to be a huge success. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I don't it. know. I don't know. No, these are. What do you these, mean you yeah, don't just, know? Just give it a I just crank out these pods, man. Uh-huh. One bag of dust. <laughs> yeah, I their hear it. cost to ratio. I mean, uh, it's incredible. I huge understand. in Brazil. Oh. These are huge in Brazil. <laughs> uh, look, I'm fine with him taking a dive on that. I feel like I don't want oh, you. That's to have a to... joint venture. Oh. Yeah, joint venture meeting. See, you put up most of the cash. I put up ninety percent of the money. <laughs> oh no. And yeah. incur most of the risk. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. no yeah. I say think, no. Don't. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Buddha's not taking a risk over here. <laughs> <laughs> Buddha's sitting on his fat ass. <laughs> I'm going to start using that. Wait, I'm so- Buddha! That's not something Buddha would say. <laughs> um, uh, what? So, wait. So, okay. So, if you're at the end now, mm-hmm. so then what's the thing you'd say after I would exit? Because now we're friendly. We go, Oh, that was fun. That was good. Okay, so What's we're gonna pretend you're not assessment? here. Yep, for a second. Okay, pretend that Mike just left, and we take we take we're gonna leave him on, but we take these off. Mm-hmm. I have to go to the bathroom. So do I. You yeah, always have to go. That's what to the we. Bathroom. That's what we would first say. Okay, yeah. but yeah. then let's say it's after that, and we're just sitting here. Okay. Get a quick snack. Yes, you guys get snacks. I'm trying to get us past that okay. to the part where okay. we talk about Mike Brabiglia. Okay. Okay. Oh wow! What'd you guys think? Well. I really liked him because he had a team sona mug and he had questions for us. <laughs> Just that's why I really liked it because of that. He had me at the beginning. Yeah. Well, I already was a huge fan, but being in room with the person, he's so smiley and that mm-hmm. makes you feel so good. Yeah. yeah. I loved yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. I, you loved him. I loved him. And I'll oh. say, I don't say take care. I'm saying I loved him. Oh, that's nice. I'm a big fan and I really admire his body of work. Yeah. Uh, and I think he's a true uh, comedic artist. However, Uh-oh. he read personal texts between me and him oh, without my permission. And that felt like a violation. Oh. That felt like, and now I'm supposed to text him again and trust him no, when I'm in Brooklyn? No. Uh, how, am I, how am I supposed to trust him now that he doesn't then go on Stern or some other? Or, the hey Daily guys, Beast. what's going on? I'm back. You fucking killed it. Oh, thank you so you much. I it. thought it was fun. Hey, I, I loved it. Loved it. Oh, and the, you... uh, the text thing was fantastic. Did you like that? Because I, yes. well, I was going to maybe ask you before, but I no. thought it would be more spontaneous in the moment. No, you don't need to ask. All right. Thanks. Thanks, you guys. All Appreciate right. Good. It. Uh, 
So anyway, yeah. remove the text part. Because I, yeah. I come off like cranking out the pause. It just sounds like a prick. Sorry, I left my notes. Hey! hey this, uh, how did you, are wait, you? Wait, would you say that you didn't like the text part? No, you no, did no, like no. The text I part. said I, like I wish short it was. I, wouldn't, I wish there was more. Yeah. And I said double it. Have it play twice in one podcast. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So no, killer. Okay. Killer. All right. Thanks so much. But you you're guys. going for sure now, right? Do you yep. mind if I I'm walk out. you out and then lock the door? Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I'm just absolutely. gonna shut the door. Okay. Here we go. And then and then I'm locking it and double bolting it. Now I want to change my opinion. He's yeah, a little pushy. Too. He's pushy he's and he keeps coming in back in. Yeah. Wait a minute. Someone got a hydraulic drill? <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, oh, what is that? I left my glasses. <laughs> you weren't even wearing glasses. I know, yeah. I just, I thought I should start. Oh. That's a $35,000 door, <laughs> asshole. Oh, now I know how you really feel, Buddha. You demanded I call you Buddha in the interview. That's the part I left out. I told you if you could mention in that I'm a comedy Buddha, and that you all feel that way, I'd really appreciate it, and you'd get $500 worth of coffee pods. <laughs> well, they never showed up. Thanks for nothing, assholes. Ladies and gentlemen, you just heard real improvisation. None of this was planned, and yet it happened. Um, not a fan. Not a fan of you. Don't like you. Don't like Sona. I'm okay on Adam. We're getting you a Team Adam mug. By the oh, way. He's okay on you. We're getting. Let's get a mug. Let's let's get a, a mug. Not mentioned. Let's get, let's get one mug made that says Matt Gorley uh, and Mike Brabiglia are okay with uh, Adam Sachs. What about that? No. That's that's gonna uh, sell. That's gonna be our biggest seller. Yeah, fill it full of copods. <laughs> Cobra Bigs pods. So seriously, uh, I'm gonna make Rolls this. Rolls off your tongue. I'm making Cobra this Bigs for real. Pods. Can you for real? Do you or do you not want to purchase Cobra Bigs do pods? Do not. Do not. But let me ask you again. Do not. Let me phrase it. Okay. Let me give you this. How did you get back in here? One bean. One Leave bag of dust. Leave the room. Cobra Bigs security. There's no security here. Cobra Bigs oh. There's no security. Get him out. Are you putting the door back on or are you taking it off? I came through the ceiling. Oh, oh my God. God. What's he came to the ceiling with Rip Taylor energy. Oh, I came to the ceiling. <laughs> He's got confetti. <laughs> uh, Mike Brabiglia, thank you for man. This was a gift. Thank you so much. Thank Seriously, you. this was lovely. This is lovely. I'll see you in Brooklyn. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. With Conan O'Brien, Sona Mofsesian, and Matt Gorley. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Nick Liao, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Eduardo Perez. Additional production support by Mars Melnick. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 669-587-2847 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. 